What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Ladies and gentlemen, back again with another episode of the Bow Down Podcast. And John, this is what we've been waiting for all year. The Washington Huskies have finished the season with an undefeated 11-0 record and are heading to the Pac-12 championship game after a 24-21 win over Washington State in the Apple Cup. Before we dive into some college football playoff rankings, the preview versus the Oregon Ducks part two game we're going to be looking forward to this upcoming Friday. Talk to me about this Apple Cup and, to be honest, how it was much closer than we both expected. It was definitely another back-and-forth affair, the third straight win for these Washington Huskies now where it came down to one possession or less, and Michael Penix looked a little off, and everybody started talking. Uh, Well, he really hasn't looked the same since the Oregon game, but he did get it going when it really mattered down the stretch. And, well, with the Apple Cup, you got to just throw away the records. Uh, No matter if Washington State has two wins, Washington's undefeated, vice versa, it's going to be a battle no matter what. It's kind of like those division games in the NFL where you can kind of just throw away the records and you're going to get the team's best effort going forward regardless. So um, Cam Ward, quarterback for the Washington State Cougars, who we were very high on in the the preview episodes, absolutely looked apart. He's a stud. It's a shame that he goes to Washington State. It's a shame that they don't really have much of a team around him, but he is such a talent. Some of the throws he was making, just dropping it right in the receiver's hands and double coverage, triple coverage, right by the sideline. Uh, He finished with 317 yards, three touchdowns, but two costly interceptions down the stretch. And now if you want to talk about the college football playoff rankings, finally, finally, some credit where it's deserved immensely by these Washington Huskies. Uh, Currently number three, I think with a win this week, they could even bump up to number two potentially, giving them another another win over a high-quality ranked opponent as Oregon. It's not going to be no easy task by by no means whatsoever because Oregon's probably the best one-loss team in the country and they've been blowing out teams left and right while Washington has been struggling to come by these squeak out wins week by week so not saying it's going to be easy but if they do win it's gonna it's gonna go a long ways. Three straight games where the Huskies John won by just a single possession in this one, Michael Penix Jr., 18-33, 204 and two touchdowns, as well as an interception, not like the Penix we saw of earlier this season. Um, 
But I'll tell you one person that is accelerating and showing up and showing out game in and game out, week in and week out. And that's none other than arguably the best wide receiver in the country, Roma Dunze. John, seven receptions, 120 yards, two touchdowns. Talk to me about what Odunze did versus this Washington State secondary. It was just another day in the office for Rome, uh, basically having his way, no matter who's covering him, double teams, uh, shadowing him with the extra guy, man-to-man coverage. It's just another day in the office where Rome just goes out there and dominates. Um, like we always talk about best player on the field at any given time during the game, hands down. Uh, Jamar Chase replica out there on the field. Uh, made the finalist list now for the Balintikoff Award that goes to the nation's best receiver. He'll be going against Marvin Harrison Jr. for whatever reason, keeps getting all this hype, even though Rome has every number better than him in any receiving category. I don't get it. And Neighbors, uh, who is actually number one in the country in right. most receiving categories from the receiver for LSU. Yeah, there's, hands down, those are the three best receivers in the country. I think we have a bit of a Rome bias because we've been following him, watching him all season long. But I'll give credit where credit's due. Neighbors, Harrison Jr., and Odunze, easily the top three receivers in the country. And John, when you have an offensive weapon like Roma Dunze accelerating and making the plays he has to, he almost really has to, especially when your number two option all season, Jalen Polk, goes uh, zero receptions for zero yards against the Washington State secondary. Uh, although it wasn't his best effort with only four targets, it was a slick ball, it was rainy, it was misting, not the best conditions for a receiver to catch it. But what are you expecting to see out of Polk in this upcoming matchup against Oregon? Because it's going to be all hands on deck. And it's going to be vital to this team's success to see what Jalen Jalen Polk can bring to this Washington Huskies football team. Um, not only did he have zero receptions for zero yards this past game, but going back two games against Oregon State, he had the same exact stat line. And it's a shame because he's at 960 yards receiving or 930 yards receiving on the season. So he needs a big game to get that 1000 mark. And for the entire season, he's been one of the surest hands that the Huskies have in their receiving core. And it's just, he's, he's been a shell of himself and he really had to get it going. And the, Washington Huskies offense is going to have to rely on him heavily, especially going against this high-powered team in the Oregon Ducks. We also saw Jalen McMillan, J-Mac, get back on the field for his first full game back in what might be five or six full games. Five receptions, 26 yards, nothing to call home about. Still looked a little rusty, but listen, he's going to need to be part of that big three we've been talking about all season with Odunze, Polk, and McMillan. All three of them need to be on the field and create opportunities for each other versus this Oregon secondary. John, let's dive into the players of the game for the Apple Cup because it looks like it was defensive heavy, my friend. Who do you have as the players of the game? Uh, you cannot say enough about Carson Bruner and what he has done these past two weeks. Uh, he stepped up to the plate against Oregon State where Alfonso Tupitala was the last second scratch from the starting lineup and 
two games ago, he had 14 tackles. This past game, he had 11 tackles of his own, and he's just one of those guys where he makes plays all over the field. When he's playing, you can tell, you can see his intensity and his energy, and it just makes the defense play better when he's playing on the field, flying oh, around yeah. the field, making all these plays, and he's definitely well-deserving of more playing time, whether Tupital is healthy or not. I think going forward and the, these, these last couple games and then going forward into the future of next season, I think he's earned his spot as being the starting linebacker. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind Brenner, if he comes back next season, will be the you know the juggernaut of this defense, the, the, the captain of this defense running the show. Speaking of juggernauts and captains of defenses, John, Braylon Trice just adding to the resume of arguably the best edge rusher in the country. Talk to me about the monster game he had and putting Cam Ward on skates all game long. Well, Cam Ward has an issue with his offensive line because anytime they had any type of success on any drive, the drive would almost immediately get stopped because next thing you know, there was three defenders surrounding Cam Ward anytime he was dropping back to pass. And the one main component of those pressures was our friend of the program in Braylon Trice, who added another sack to his resume that brings his sack total up to six now. Um, just, just four less than a season ago when he did have 10. So we were a little hard on him at the beginning of the year, but he has definitely stepped up to the plate and he has definitely proved to be worthy of that projected first round pick that he has been talked about throughout the season. Finally, third player, quote unquote, of the game, Kalen DeBoer John, second season, full season as the Washington head coach, 12 and 0, bringing his Huskies record to 23 and 2. But I think the most important stat, John, 10 and 0 versus ranked opponents. It's literally one of the best starts for any Husky or collegiate head coach ever. And although the job is far from finished with an upcoming battle against the uh, Oregon Ducks right now, it could potentially be the cherry on top to a nice 13 and 0 season. Talk to me about Kalen DeBoer. I don't think you could say enough about him. Like you said. 23 and 2 to start his career. You can't ask for a better start, a two season start for any head coach in the nation. Uh, 12 and 0 this season, the most wins they've had since 1991, the championship season. And yet we are here again where he's going to be coaching in yet again the biggest game of his career where he's going to have to put the best game plan together. He's going to have to have the put the players on the right foot going forward and making right. sure everybody's well prepared for this huge, huge, huge Pac-12 championship game. Speaking of the Pac-12 championship game, John, let's talk it up. Let's talk it out. Let's look ahead. It's the rematch. Number three, Washington at 12-0 and versus number five, Oregon at 11-1. and John, Oregon is the nine and a half point favorite in this matchup. Obviously, Bo Nix, who's as of right now, probably the Heisman front runner. Uh, the Oregon offense has been firing at all cylinders since the Washington matchup, to be honest. After they came away from that loss, uh, Dan Lanning 
causing three turnovers himself, going for it on fourth down unsuccessfully three times. Talk to me about what we can expect from probably one of the hottest teams in the country in the Oregon Ducks. And now you 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 know who they have on their team. You know about Dan Lanning. You know about everything just from going over our preview from when they last played each other. And you know from Dan Lanning's personality and Oregon Ducks whole team's personality that they've been chomping at the bits to get this rematch to show everybody that the last game was a fluke and that if a few fourth downs went their way or the field goal went their way that it would be a whole different story right now but it's not and like you said nine and a half point underdog is absolutely crazy uh, I don't get it. Uh, it I think it's it's asinine and just doesn't make sense to me we're, we're undefeated we beat them this year beat them already and you're gonna lay nine and a half points just because Washington has squeaked out a couple wins against teams that aren't as good as Oregon is I don't get it, but like Michael Penix Jr. says, I love being the underdog. Yes. You, uh, what I, you, know, you know what you're getting with the Ducks, with Bo Nix, highs, current Heisman Trophy favorite, unfortunately. He's thrown for 3,906 yards, 37 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. Uh, running back Bucky Irving, 1,000 yards and 10 TDs. Uh, Almost, you could even argue Troy Franklin was a Belintikoff finalist. finalist nub. Yeah, uh, ended the season with 1,349 yards and 14 touchdowns. Just a high-powered offense, high-powered attack. To go along with that, a defense that's going to be getting after Michael Penix Jr. and going to give the offensive line everything that they can handle. Um, that defense logged 32 sacks with this game still to come on the season and it's going to be another absolute battle and i'm looking forward to it i'm nervous but i'm definitely looking forward to it yeah the one thing that catches my eye obviously we know about bo nix and troy franklin connected for 14 touchdowns on the season uh but i think that running back bucky irvin runs with an attitude that I don't see any other running back run with in the country. He's shifty. He's quick. He knows how to get between the, the blocks. And he's he's a really strong running back when it comes to this Oregon Ducks offense. He's someone that catches the ball really well out of the backfield. And he can make plays not only with his hands, but with his feet. So that's the player I have my eyes on uh, extensively, Bucky Irvin. I think this front seven for the Washington Huskies really need to kind of man up and make sure that we lock down what Irvin's trying to do coming out of that backfield. Um, John, we talked about everything here. We talked about a preview for this Pac-12 championship game. Last thing I'm going to ask of you is a prediction. Give me a score prediction of what you're thinking for the Pac-12 championship. Now, I think the only – this is this is my strategy just like – Oregon State strategy. I think you got to put them hand in hand. I think that you force Bo Nix to throw the ball. Yes, I said it. Force Bo Nix to throw the ball the entire game. Focus on stopping Bucky Irving. You know why? Because the, don't let them win the time of possession. Hopefully Dylan Johnson is healthy enough so that we can kind of play keep away against the Oregon's offense. 
and we could bleed the clock ourselves and we play, you know, time of possession game where we sustain the drives and before you know it, it's the end of the first quarter. Before you know it, it's the end of the third quarter and we just absolutely dominate that time of possession. I think that's going to be key to this matchup. And as long as that rings true, I am going to take the Washington Huskies to win this game. Wait for it. 35 to 24. Okay. 35, 24. Um, I think one of the most cliche things in college football is the saying, and it's a Bill Belichick slash Nick Saban thing for the last 30 years of their coaching tree, but you have to win the middle eight. And what I mean by that is the last four minutes before halftime and the first four minutes coming out of halftime in the third quarter. Regardless of the situation, if you're on defense going into halftime and you're able to stop the Oregon Ducks from scoring, and if you do get that ball to start the third, or maybe you're on defense to start the third and you make Oregon go three and out, if you can swing that two or three possession, eight-minute window of the game into two to one your favor or three nothing your favor, that could arguably change the course of this game, this Pac-12 championship game. So I'm really big on owning that middle, and obviously the halftime adjustments you're going to come out of the halftime with is going to be crucial to that third quarter beginning, the victory of that first four minutes of the third quarter. But it's very important to control that middle eight. It's very important. It's something that I think uh, Kalen DeBoer does almost better than anybody else in the country when he makes those halftime adjustments. And I think this should be the same song and dance we've saw for the first 12 games this season. Washington is the better team when they're firing on all cylinders. I don't want to take anything away from the Oregon Ducks. It's been a tremendous season for them. It's been a tremendous season for the Pac-12 conference, the last real season of the Pac-12 as we know it. But this Washington Huskies team, John, in my opinion, is a team of destiny this season. We've talked about it. We had, you know, maybe one or two games that we thought, even talking in preseason, that we thought maybe there might have been a blemish here or there, and we've went blemish-free. And there's a reason for that because this team is the team of destiny. So to say all of that, I'll put a bow on it for my prediction. I'm aligning with you in saying that the Washington Huskies will win the Pac-12 championship. I'm going with a 28-21 to 21 score. I think we control Bo Nix and Bucky Irvin and, and make sure that they don't explode like everyone is expecting them to do. So give me 28-21 Huskies to the college football playoff. Oof, mic drop, oof. mic drop. Oh, man. You just got me more excited than I already am for this matchup. and didn't even think that was quite possible. Take us home, John, with the alumni spotlight. Who do we have this week? I am going to go with wide receiver Mario Bailey. He was one of the unsung heroes from that 1991 championship football team. Mario played for the Huskies from the 1988 to 1991 season. His best season coming in that 1991 championship season where he caught 62 passes for 1,037 yards and 17 touchdowns. 
He was voted the MVP of the Washington Huskies football team for the season and won co-Pac-10 player of the year. He eventually was drafted in the sixth round, 162nd overall by the Houston Oilers. Um, he bounced around between the NFL and NFL Europe and the Arena Football League. Never really found too much success as a pro, although he was a fan favorite playing in Frankfurt in NFL Europe. Um, he is currently the vice president of community engagement and legends for the Seattle Seahawks. The stat line that you shared about Mario Bailey, where he had 62 catches and 17 touchdowns. I just did the math. That means one out of every three times he caught the ball that season, that 91 championship season, he scored a touchdown. So that's, that's pretty throw good. the ball to Mario Bailey three times, you'll have a touchdown. Throw it to him three times, you'll have a touchdown. <laughs> Incredible. Shout out Mario Bailey. Shout out that 91 national championship team. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, that's why I threw that's, that's why I had to throw in somebody from that team. I had to do it. John, final words, my friend. Take us home on the season that was, the season that will be, Washington Huskies 23-24 football season. Not game-related this week. I am super excited for the offseason. I know I'm jumping the ship a little bit, jumping the gun a little bit, but there are a lot of big names in the transfer portal, quarterback specifically. There have been rumors of even Cam Ward jumping ship. If he comes to Washington, I'll lose my mind. I don't think it's going to happen, but even if he doesn't, there are still a lot of big names, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, defensive players. And with the success that Kalen DeBoer has had with transfer players, like you, uh, you could Jalen Polk, Rome, Dylan Johnson, Michael Penix Jr., it's something definitely worth keeping an eye on to see who he's able to persuade to come to Seattle. Got to throw Jabbar Muhammad in there as well. It's going to be good. We're going to talk about the offseason when the season is over. Hopefully that's not anytime too soon. We appreciate each and every one of you tuning in here to the Bow Down Podcast. This was the Pac-12 Championship Game Preview. For John, I'm Joe. Make sure you're tuning into all things social media, Instagram and quit Twitter, the Bow Down Podcast. We will be live tweeting and live on Instagram this Friday during the Pac-12 Championship. So make sure you stay tuned in for that. But otherwise, John, I'm excited, my friend. Appreciate you for spending some time with me talking Washington Huskies here on the Bow Down Podcast. Yes, sir.